a production of Pioneer Utility Resources. Heart of Community is supported by the MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust, helping community-focused organizations across the Pacific Northwest sustain their missions. Because when a powerful idea fulfills its promise, lives are changed, communities thrive, and our entire region prospers. Learn more at MurdochTrust.org. There are many ways to tell a story. They can be written down, they can be played on a guitar, they can be painted upon a canvas. Many forms of storytelling require tools, but dance is different. Dance, at its core, requires little more than a human body to convey meaning. Throughout human history, we've been dancing for and with each other to share experiences and pass on traditions. In the modern world, technology has become intertwined with our humanity. How can this integration be expressed through the art of dance? Daryl Thomas and Valerie Bergman, artistic directors for the Rainbow Dance Theater in Monmouth, Oregon, explore this question through their innovative performances. Valerie started Rainbow Dance Theater in Hawaii, where she grew up. My uh, initial dance experience actually began as a very small child in Hawaii, where dance is really part of the culture. And so my first dance experience was actually imitating the Hawaiian dancers that I would see at the different festivals. My um, serious dance training, if you could call it that, began when I was eight, and I studied ballet, jazz, tap in a studio um, in a small town and kind of grew up with that, then went on to the University of Iowa to get my major in dance, my Bachelor of Arts degree. Following that, I packed up a few bags and moved to New York because I wanted to be in the big city dancing and stayed there for 15 years dancing with several um, modern dance companies. Um, touring in the U.S. and also internationally with those companies. Uh, when I felt like that part of my career was done and I wanted to focus more on choreography, I uh, initially uh, took a couple of guest artist residency uh, positions with different universities. One was University of Iowa, where I had gotten my degree, and the other was with University of Hawaii, which brought me back to my roots in Hawaii. And uh, that's where I started my first dance company, and that's where I met Daryl. My name is Daryl Thomas, and I'm also one of the artistic directors for Rainbow Dance Theater. Daryl's path to dance was more serendipitous than Valerie's. Sometimes the path to finding your life's passion begins with being open to trying new things. So for me... Uh, I got started in dance in a sort of strange way. I was brought up in a very religious family, a very fundamentalist Christian family that didn't believe in dance. Uh, they, I have to qualify that to say they believed in dancing in the spirit. So in church, when you'd see people running up and down the aisles uh, filled with the spirit, that was really a sort of holy dance, but they would never call it dance. But in any case, uh, traditional dance in that sense, they didn't believe in that because that was a sin. So for me, the first way I got involved with dance was I had a girlfriend and she attended a dance studio, a uh, local dance studio, and I went to pick her up. And so when I went into the studio, the person who directed the studio said, oh, can you lift up Paula? That was her name. Can you lift her up? And she was pretty small, so I could lift her up. And so I said, sure, I can lift her up. And I picked her up and put her down. And they said, oh, you can be in the dance concert. 
And so I said, oh, but I don't have any dance training. They said, that's okay. You just run on stage and lift her up, spin her around, put her down, and then run off stage. And so that's what I did. I ran on stage and did that. And much like he ran on stage that day, Daryl has taken traditional concepts of dance and ran with them. Rainbow Dance Theater's use of cutting-edge technology sets its performances apart. Innovative use of light and visual art creates an engaging and entertaining spectacle for a new generation of audiences. Uh, My role in the company is I also teach a company class as well, but I also work with with Valerie on the choreography, so we work together on that. And I do primarily, primarily a lot of the technology aspects of the the choreography. So I work in terms of either coding myself or either working with coders, people who code, uh, in order to create work that embodies sort of technology in the case of lights or in the case of videography or different things like that. So different aspects of really expanding what dance can do using technology. I like the technology component, the aspect, because it allows you to do things with dance that you couldn't just do with the human body, or it allows you to to expand what you can do with the human body and take it further. This integration of human physiology and technology would come together to create the inspiration for many of Rainbow Dance Theater's iconic performances. But this new creative voyage would also require them to rethink the traditional practices of choreography. I do have to say, for my part, I came to this sort of kicking and screaming. I'm more of a purist, a dance purist. So for me, it was like all about the dance and all about the choreography, meaning the bodies moving in space. And at first, um, the technology felt like a limitation, especially when I thought about it abstractly. It's like, oh, but then we can't do this or then we can't do that. Over time, I began to see how instead of limiting the range of the choreography, it actually became much richer choreographically. And the challenge for me in designing the movement was how can the movement be strong enough to hold its own against all these effects? And so as a choreographer, it really challenged me to to maybe even rethink and push myself into new creative areas in response to the technology being part of the entire picture. And one of the things that we did was we asked the question, how can we get the audience more involved in dance? Because usually dance tends to be sort of a spectator sport or a spectator activity, not a sport. And so the idea was, well, what if they could send their own selfies in a way and then bring those into the performance and then have them actually not just appear, but actually be manipulated and be interactive and actually sort of dance, as it were, through the manipulation in the performance. So that way they would see themselves in the performance and would be more engaged in the performance. And also it would engage a younger audience as well. And that was part of our goal in addition to that, because dance tends to to attract a certain audience, a certain uh, age demographic in terms of audiences. So we use selfie in that way, and we called it selfie because, obviously, the audience members were taking a picture of themselves and sending that selfie to the stage, and then I would sit in the back of the house or in the back of the theater, and I would manipulate those images all over the stage and have them create... um, squares and different kinds of geometric patterns. So that was the idea of selfie. 
The Rainbow Dance Theater never stops asking questions to come up with new ways to impress the crowd. But sometimes these questions are more logistical than conceptual. Their piece, Illumidance, for example, began as a question about the big, heavy, expensive stage lighting the company brings to every performance. What if there was a way the dancers could light themselves? Things clicked into place when Daryl became aware of electroluminescent wire, or EL wire, a stiff piece of metal coated in phosphor that creates light when an electrical current passes through it. And what we discovered in the process was that because you're lighting a dancer just with the lights, with the EL wire, you can create a design. And we did a dance called Owl and the Serpent, in which we used, in which we had a single dancer representing both an owl and a serpent. An owl when we turned the owl outline on, and then a serpent when we turned off the owl outline and turned on the serpent outline. So it allowed us to make a dancer, you know, multi-purpose. He could be he or she could be multiple. Um, multiple characters in a dance. And it also allowed us to create special effects, such as floating arms. So you can turn off all the costumes and the arms or the head can float. And you can have multiple heads floating around. Or you can have heads floating around. They can be staggered. You can have one one here, one here, one here, one here, or three feet apart, I should say. And then you can turn one off, turn one on. So it looks like the heads are jumping from one place to the to another or a strobe effect. So there's all kinds of effects that you can create because you can turn off different body parts of the dancers, floating body parts, extending body parts. And so again, these are things that you couldn't do just with the human body, but because you're adding technology to that, you can create these special illusions or effects. The Rainbow Dance Theater's rigorous touring schedule was abruptly halted during the COVID-19 pandemic and ensuing lockdown. Live performances became impossible. The shelter-in-place mandates meant audiences and performers alike remained in isolation. But for Rainbow Dance Company, this setback was just another opportunity for innovation. I think um, apart but not alone, which was our um, final product of this collaboration we did with our dancers flown out across the world in India, China, Alaska, and then some still here in Oregon, that certainly would never have come about in the way it did um, unless um, we were restricted by the pandemic. Um, it was rehearsed exclusively via Zoom, which we would never have even thought was possible. Um, and then. Um, the hours and hours of editing, um, you know, maybe if we hadn't had to produce it, we might have given up on it because it was it, it, a, a huge project. We not only had the eight dancers we had rehearsed with via Zoom, but we ended up with a total of 43 guest artists sending us a video clips that they had filmed in their own locations, like all over. And so to fit those into something that, that felt cohesive was a real challenge. And so I think, I think it did uh, make us grow. The company has plans to resume touring in January 2022, as long as it's safe and has even begun working on a new show. But their urgency to return to the stage isn't self-serving. Much of their work involves outreach and education introducing young people to their work and introducing them to new ways art and technology can work together. 
So we do public performances, but we also do performances for schools for kids. And one of the things that we do is we take those performances, take the things that we do on stage, we bring those to the schools. Because in a lot of cases, we, we work in schools where they don't get a chance to go to the theater for many, many reasons, whether it's economic, whether it's just cultural or whatever. And so what we want to do is we want to bring this experience, we want to bring these experiences that we take on the theater, we, that we produce in the theater to the school so the kids can see this is what these are some of the possibilities that you can do in terms of dance. Dance, along with artistic expression in general, is all about possibilities. Whether a person comes from a culture immersed in dance, like Valerie, or a community less exposed to the arts, like Daryl, anyone can express themselves through creativity. In many cases, all it takes to get started is a bit of inspiration, a little push in the right direction. This is why Rainbow Dance Theater works hard to achieve its ideals of education and inclusion, inspiring the next generation of dancers to embrace the art form and adapt it in their own way. The rainbow figures very um, prominently in the Hawaiian culture. Um, in Hawaii, you see rainbows almost every day um, because the sun and the, and the rain kind of mix together there a lot. Um, so even the football team there is called the rainbows. Uh, and so to honor our roots in Hawaii, the Hawaiian islands, um, it seemed like the right fit. Um, I think it wasn't as... Uh, much in sort of the the vernacular at that point. Now the rainbow symbolizes a lot of different things, all of which are about inclusion, which is really great um, because that's sort of where it came from. In addition to representing Hawaii, the idea of inclusion and bringing people from all different parts of the world or different cultures together to dance and also to view dance. Our company itself represents the diversity that is rapidly becoming the American landscape. And as we move toward a more blended culture, like year by year, such that by I think it's 2050, um, there will not be a white majority in this country. It will be people that are biracial and of all different ethnic backgrounds that especially because we tour a lot in rural United States and also up in rural Canada. Often um, we are the first representation some groups, especially children, have seen of this idea of people from all different cultures really being a family or working together and producing art together. And I think it's not like a message that's written out, but it's a message that's modeled of how this kind of society can work and flourish and um, create new things that a, an, in, an individual homogeneous society would not, that it's the blending of all these different people with all these different backgrounds. That is what makes our country great and what makes the arts thrive. This podcast is a companion to the written series, Heart of Community, which you'll find in the pages of Rural Light Magazine. Read them in your local copy of the magazine or visit RuralLight.com. That's R-U-R-A-L-I-T-E dot com. Our show, as well as the magazine series, is made possible in part by the generous and thoughtful support of the M.J. Murdoch Charitable Trust. You can learn more about their significant work at MurdochTrust.org. Heart of Community is a production of Pioneer Utility Resources. Our producer is Stephen B. Smith. Our editor, Leon Espinoza. The series narrator is yours truly, Chastity Anderson. 
Our engineer is Lucas Smith of Lucky Sound Studio. This episode was written by Will Paulson. It's based on the Ruralite Magazine story by Victoria Hampton. Thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. And please share these important stories with someone who needs to be uplifted, encouraged, and inspired. For that, after all, is the mission of the arts and the heart of our community.